Well, good morning, everyone. It's a big day today, right? Yeah, I was thinking about uh, it this past week, and I have been to a church service every Sunday morning on Easter in my life. Every one. Every single one I was thinking this past week. I grew up in a pretty traditional church where they would have what's called a sunrise service. Anybody familiar with what a sunrise service is? I always thought that was a really bad idea. Because what a sunrise service is, is you come to church like when the sun rises. And if you didn't notice this morning, the sun rises before 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. Uh, And so um, how many of you here, if you had the choice to come to church at 7 a.m. on Easter or like we started here today at 9.45, would choose 7 a.m.? Anybody? Wow, there's like a couple that actually would choose 7 a.m. And I figured it was only going to be a couple because we have kind of this this tendency up here at Grace North to show up a little late to 9.45 service. (laughs) So I figured there weren't going to be many that said 7 a.m. And you know who you are in this room. I know there's a few of you here. But this really is my favorite Sunday of the year And the reality is that it represents the the most significant day in human history. It's a day that's all about resurrection from the dead. Somebody tell me something more significant than resurrection from the dead. Death to life. There's no greater story. And oh, by the way, the creator of the world, the creator of the universe is the one who comes to earth with unconditional love and is the one who dies a brutal death in our place, and then is resurrected from the dead. And Easter is about this amazing story of Jesus who rose from the dead. And the Bible says that it's not only the story of Jesus, but it's the narrative and the story that God wants to write on your life and my life as well. Who here in this room wants resurrection power fullness in your personal life, in your spiritual life, in your health, in your finances, in your marriage, in your relationships? Who here not only wants resurrection power, but is in desperate need of it? You see, the power of the Easter story, the death and resurrection of Jesus is the same story that God wants to write on all of our lives. And here's the thing. Here's just the reality. If we want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus in his resurrection power, it means that we must also follow in his footprints to submission and surrender of death on the cross. There's no way around it. Easter Sunday couldn't happen without Good Friday. So this morning... I want to start with the story of Good Friday, and then we're going to move into the story of Easter. And so if you have your Bibles, if you could turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, we'll have it on the screen as well. We're going to read quite a bit of of Luke 22, this chapter here. The story of Good Friday, it says this, Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. 
He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them with no crowd was present. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. So they left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And we're going to do this before this service is over. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with, is mine, with mine on the table. The son of man will go as it has been decreed. But woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. Well, a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. But who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? It is not the one who is at the table, but I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bags, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, as he was numbered with the transgressors, and I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, see, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus knew the death he was about to endure. It was excruciating. How many of you watched the, have watched The Passion of the Christ? Anybody watch that? Yeah, I watched it um, once. That, that was enough for me. 
And as difficult as it was and as painful as it would be for Jesus and as much as Jesus in his humanity did not want to experience that level of pain, he knew going to the cross is about submission and surrender. And that's what he did. He surrendered himself and he submitted himself to the Father's plan. This is often one of the hardest things to do in life. Why? Because we have our own plans. The world has its plans. Others have plans for us. We want what we want, right? But Jesus surrendered himself and submitted himself to the Father's plan. And there are times in our lives when there's, there's pruning, right, that takes place and times where there's growth most times you have to, have to cut back. If we know in agriculture, you have to, to cut back in order to see growth, to see a greater sense of, of growth and fruit. And the pruning times in our lives are hard, but necessary for growth to happen. And I've shared this with some of you here, but a few years ago, I turned the big 4-0, 40 years old. How many of you in this room are, are uh, 40 or over? Like, raise your hand. Raise them high. Like, raise them high. Yeah, that's right. So keep them up. If you are under that, look around. These are the mature, the wise sages in the room. So make sure you go to them, right, if you want any sort of wisdom or advice, right? Right? Isn't that how it works, right? But, but leading up to 40 years old was actually pretty hard for me, I have to be honest. It was one of those times or milestones in life that you, in, in some ways, are forced to look back on your life in order to see you, where you've been and how you got to where you're at. You ever been there? I mean, I, I mean there are different circumstances in life that I think cause you to do that. And as I looked back through my life, the seasons of my life, I certainly noticed and pointed out times of, of pruning, times of struggle, times of brokenness. You have those times. But also times in my life where there, where there was growth and, and times of breakthrough and, and times of real enjoyment. But let's be honest, there's both sides of the coin in our lives, Right? And as it, it was interesting, as I thought through the seasons of my life to this point, I realized that really it was in the times of brokenness, in the times of struggle, in times of hardship, those are the times that most growth happened in my life and led to the most, great, most breakthrough and the greatest sense of faith and growth. And here's the thing, submission and surrender in the midst of difficult circumstances are the hardest things to do in life, right? Matthew 27, 27 through 31 says, then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on them. Then they led him away to crucify him. Easter 
is about the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection power God makes available to all of us. Resurrection power does not occur, however, without first experiencing death. Jesus died willingly, humbly, knowing, however, what was on the other side of death. And let's be clear, a willingness to submit and surrender to death only makes sense if there's something worth it on the other side. And as hard and as painful as the cross was, Jesus knew resurrection was on the other side. Forgiveness of sin for the world was on the other side. Reconciliation was on the other side. Eternal victory was on the other side. Going back to the Father and the glories of heaven was on the other side. Hebrews 12 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. For the joy set before him endured the cross. I want us to think of just the areas of our lives, maybe our family, our relationships, our job, our our marriage, our spiritual life, our health, our finances, our school, and so on. There's so many aspects of our lives. And then think of the most difficult circumstances that you're dealing with right now in any of those areas. And then I want us to think about making a particular prayer. And this is kind of a, I feel like a, a scary prayer, but I want to challenge us to do it this Easter morning. And the prayer is this, God, do not change my difficult circumstances or give me breakthrough in this area until you have changed me and I've learned what I need to learn through this difficulty so that I can more fully surrender and serve you for the rest of my life. God, do not change my difficult circumstances or give me breakthrough in this area until you have changed me and I have learned what I need to learn through this difficulty so that I can more fully surrender and serve you for the rest of my life. I just had a conversation a couple of days ago with a young man that's part of Grace North here that was really dealing with a difficult circumstance with a particular relationship and he was tempted to just completely separate from that situation in that relationship. But my challenge to him was to really ask God, what are you teaching me in this? And how are you asking me to change in this circumstance? And we prayed together and spent time together. But it's a dangerous prayer, right? Lord, don't change my difficulty or circumstances until you have first changed me. I think of my family and a season not too long ago where we were just battling purpose and calling, God, what do you have for us? And my wife, Stacy, and I felt like we were in completely different places. As a matter of fact, I'll never forget, she came to me and said, I feel like we're living in the same house, but we live completely separate lives. You have your thing, I have my thing, our kids have their things, but those things never seem to intersect. And it it was really hard. And so we went through a season of really dying to ourselves, We knew that we had to go through that season. 
in order to see breakthrough. And we began to ask God during this time, God, what do you have for us? God, what do you have for us? Novel idea, right? God, what is it that you want? What is it that you have for us? What is it that you're calling us to? And coming out of that tough time, we've seen some breakthrough within our family, and we're certainly believing that there's a lot more to come. And in the next few weeks here at Grace North, we're going to be working through a series, and I'm really excited about this series. The series is called Calling. You're not going to want to miss it. And we're going to be working through an understanding of the things that God has called us to individually, that God has called us to corporately, as families, as a church, and how God can use our, our giftings, our circumstance, our experiences, our personality to help us understand our calling. And we're going to get really vulnerable as we do it. And I'm really excited about it. So be sure to join us. That's going to happen within the next few weeks. But the other side of repentance, the other side of submission and surrender is faith. It is belief and trust that God is moving in power. And I know that through times of brokenness, like the one that I just shared, has certainly grown my faith and given me even greater faith. And Matthew 28, 1 through 10 says this, After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There will you see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. We read in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus then appeared to 500 disciples in his resurrected body and in resurrected power. Jesus was born into the world in humility, weakness, and human frailty, but he will come back to this world during his return with resurrection power, authority, and victory. And this storyline of Jesus is the same storyline that he wants to write in your life and in my life. And I know for me, as I move into the next season of life, I couldn't be more excited about what God has planned. Of course, there's going to be battle, there's going to be difficulty and and trials always, but I'm just believing that there's a level of resurrection power that that I'm moving into. I'm I'm believing that there's a level of resurrection power that, that we're moving into as a body here, maybe even greater than we've ever seen before. And this is going to be true for me personally, for my marriage, for my family, and I think it's going to be for our church, even for our city. We have great things in store for our future. And why do I believe that? Like, why do I believe those things? 
Because it isn't just my narrative. It's the narrative God has been writing in the lives of his children all the way since the beginning. And the gospel message with Resurrection Sunday as the pinnacle, as the peak, is at the heart of Jesus' narrative. Do you want it? Resurrection power is only experienced through surrender and submission. Where have you experienced resurrection power? And where have you yet to experience resurrection power and you're in need of it? Maybe today is the day that you recognize your area of surrender and submission isn't in a specific area of your life, but your entire life in faith in Jesus. I want to just share briefly here just the the gospel message, the good news of Jesus. And it's just in, in three different circles that, that we like to use around here. What's the, the simple gospel message of Jesus? It's this. That the reality of life is that there's brokenness, right? I mean, you see it all around you. Like all throughout our, our lives and around us, there's, there's sickness, right? I mean, there's sadness and there's suffering. You can't get away from it. It's just reality. It's the reality of our life. We also know that that's not the way that God intended it to be. We know at the beginning of times, when God created the world, when God created the earth, in the Garden of Eden, everything was perfect. There was beauty. There was no pain. There was no problems. There was no punishments. But sin came into the world. We wanted what we want. Sin came into the world And as part of that, brought this brokenness. And so we live in this reality of brokenness. But the good news, the news of the resurrection of of Jesus, is that we can have new life, that we can have a new birth, we can have forgiveness, we can have freedom, we can have a future, we can have resurrection power in our lives. And Scripture says that all we need to do is turn and follow Jesus. All we need to do is repent and believe. All we need to do is confess with our mouths and believe with our heart. And Scripture says that we can have forgiveness, we can have freedom, we can have a future, and we can have new life. And part of the resurrection is this, that God is restoring what was at the beginning, restoring it to what it will be. So in the future, we know that there's going to be no pain, no problems, no punishment. We know that. It's not our current reality, but we know that's our future. For those that have turned and followed Jesus, that's our future, is is life, eternal life, life to the full. And we can even experience that here and now. That's the gospel. That's the gospel of Jesus. If you haven't accepted that gospel, if you haven't turned and followed Jesus, I just encourage you to do that today. Or maybe you've surrendered in faith for your life, but there are specific areas that you need resurrection power in. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your marriage. 
Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in your job. Maybe your personal life. Maybe in your health. Maybe in some relationship that you have. Are you willing to pray this dangerous prayer? Lord, don't change my circumstances or give me breakthrough until you have changed me first. What does submission and surrender look like for you? Real kingdom breakthrough and power can only come through surrender and submission. Let's pray together. So let's just spend some time here and just ask God. We know that God speaks to us individually, that God draws near to us individually. And let's just spend a a period of time here just asking God, God, what is it that you have for me today? Just ask that to him. What are the areas in your life that you need to submit and surrender to him? So, Father, we just thank you this morning, this Easter morning, for new life. God, for resurrection power that only you can give, that can pierce every area of our lives. God, help us to be people that submit and surrender to you. Help us to be people that are willing to die to the things that are not from you. God, we're so grateful that when you died on that cross, that you didn't stay there. God, that you rose again, that you are risen, you are alive. And because you are alive, we can have life. So God, we're just grateful for that this morning. God, we're grateful for your love, God, for your grace, that we are redeemed, that we are reconciled in you. And we just say thank you. Thank you. Amen. Brian's going to come up and just, just share a little response for us before we move back into worship.